Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. You've just finished listening to the sermon. Now let's get into the overflow. We're glad you're here. Pastor, I remember uh, you were really into like your your Peloton, and you were competing with your wife on I don't know I don't know what type of like bet y'all had if it was someone cooked dinner or someone had to like do yard work or whatever. But but how how is like healthy competition in a marriage? Well, you know, competition is when somebody fights back, right? Oh, okay. Um, and so. <laughs> Don't get me in trouble. He's coming for you but, first, lady. <laughs> but uh, it is uh, it's it's fun. It's all fun, right? It's uh, motivating. It's very motivating because um, um, you want to make sure you stay at it, mm-hmm. and um, and you don't want them to leave you. So <laughs> so um, often, you no. Know, Tara and I both of us was in the military, mm-hmm. and. Um, and the way she run is different than the way I run. So I run hard okay. at the beginning. She reserve all of her energy. And so I run hard, then I wait for her. And then at the end of the run, she leaves me. Oh. Because she didn't reserve all of her energy to that point. And it angers me all the time <laughs> when she beats me in running. I'm talking about angry <laughs> and so i learned her style excuse me i learned her style in order for me not to lose i think the first time we ran together we were in iraq mm-hmm. like kuwait we was in kuwait and uh it was me her and another female and both of them was just dusting me <laughs> and uh <laughs> and so I, I didn't want that to happen so i started running without them okay and then when we ran together again yeah I'm out of here. Okay. We get back to Virginia, I mean, Clarksville, Clarksville, Tennessee, and we run our neighborhood. A same thing happened. She reserved her energy to the end and dusted me at the end. I'm like, no, I can't let this happen again. <laughs> so I go running uh-huh. by myself. <laughs> so when we do <laughs> come together, bam, I'm gone. And so um, that, that, um, that that competition it makes you better it motivates you um it gives you um this uh mindset of hey i gotta be better than what i was before mm-hmm. unless this person can make me look bad even though it's my spouse and so both of us are real competitive when it comes to stuff like that and uh the peloton thing was no uh i, I don't know how i'm a little stronger my legs a little bigger mm-hmm. so i can push the bike a little heavier mm-hmm. and faster mm-hmm. so it's really not a competition in that area okay uh, it's just time you know. yeah right welcome everyone <laughs> to mtz overflow i am your host cassandra thorpe i'm here with our wonderful pastor reverend dr marcus allen senior and today we are talking we're still in our sermon series lifting our community and we are in the sermon more than enough focusing on exodus 36 2 through 7. um so this is a sermon you've preached before Mm -hmm. 
Now, I'm not. I didn't know pastors reuse sermons. What? It feels like cheating. How is that cheating? Because you already used it. Okay. It's like so maybe it's the like, choir can sing a same song three times a month. That's a song. What's the difference? It's a song. What's the difference? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? That's fair. That's fair. Um, Deacons can pray the same prayer every week. (laughs) You're right. You're right. That's fair. That's fair. I think I've always just thought it's like it's a brand new sermon every time. Like I figure when you travel, you've got like your, you know, like guest preacher bag of of sermons that you pull from based off of, um, you know, like just time and like what – you're being asked to, to kind of speak on usually for like a celebration mm-hmm. or something like that. So I figure like those are, are standard ones that you, that you keep, but, but to, to your home, to your home crowd. Right. Did you know it was a sermon I preached before? You said it. I'm not saying it. Oh, did, did it I know? Like, did it sound like it? No, it didn't. It didn't. It sounded fresh. It really did. It, it, it sounded <laughs> fresh. It sounded on time. I was like, how do, Okay. I was like, when when did he preach this? Like, what was the space that you were in when you preached this before? Or the church was in when you preached it before? Mm-hmm. Or did you preach it here? Did I you preach it here? Yeah, I preached it here. It was during Stewardship Month 2018. Okay. So four years ago. Oh, okay. See, so you didn't even remember the sermon. I did not. So I should preach the same sermon every Sunday until everybody's like, I got it now. That would actually be interesting. That'd be a fun social experiment, to be honest with you. <laughs> it would be. It would be because, you know, church is different. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, um, I want to say pre-COVID or even I want to say late 90s, early 2000s, mm-hmm. people came to church every week. Mm-hmm. But now people pray come to church twice a month, mm-hmm. three times a month. Or once a month. Yeah. Um, and so you probably missed it. And they probably weren't there on that Sunday or something. So, so I could preach. I probably could preach the same sermon because I'm preaching to a different crowd every Sunday. Wow. Have you noticed? I don't know if you get to see. You don't get to see don't people see like much. I do get to see people. See people, But it's not the same people. No. Normally come to church, this person going to be seated. Uh, seating right here, uh-huh. or this person they seat over here. And yeah, they always gonna be there. That is no longer the case, huh? Right, and so I probably can get away of preaching the same sermon in one month for four weeks straight, and no one really complain. But wow. probably the praise team and the musicians and the AV, y'all the only ones here mostly. Every yeah, week. like dang, Pastor, can we get a break from that sermon? <laughs> but. <laughs> But yeah, it no, it's um, and then no, it's not the same sermon, it's the same text, yeah, right? It's the same text, it's from the same scripture because I know some people marking their Bible when you preach something, mm-hmm. and so, um, I've I've heard it before, Pastor, you preach that, and I preach that scripture, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at it from a different light because, mm. um. William Curtis, and he did the, um, the conference for us a few weeks ago. And he was saying how each sermon, each text is like taking a diamond 
and twisting the diamond. Every time mm. you twist it, you get a different view of it. Mm-hmm. And so I can take that same text and get a different view each time. Mm-hmm. And so I can preach four times, probably within the same month, about this same text when I'm preaching from a different perspective. That'd be interesting. You feel me? That would that would be really interesting. So, so that's what preaching is, right? Yeah. It's um seeing it from different perspectives of what's going on in the text. And so like you're saying the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. I can look at it from the shepherd's point of view. Mm-hmm. I can look at it from the sheep point of view. Mm-hmm. Then I can look at it from uh, uh, the Lord is my shepherd. You no, know, just different point mm-hmm. of views. I just change the perspective from the reader or or the writer of the particular text and how they're presenting it. Yeah. Yeah. You did that a little bit with um, the Easter series this year because you talked about like the people, the centurion, mm-hmm. Um, the the thief, mm-hmm. so kind of like they're different vantage points. Now right. it wasn't the same text, but it's the same like series of texts. Right. Um, so I think that's yeah, that like, was, that like when Jesus on the cross and he said, "Mother, this is your son. The son, this is your mother." You can mm-hmm. preach that. I'm talking to Mike. You can preach you. that from <laughs> from John's perspective. You can teach it from Mary's perspective, mm-hmm. and you can preach that from Jesus' perspective on the cross. Yeah, three different sermons, three different perspectives from the same text. So that's a little a little thing on preaching, little class on preaching. That's good. I, that's good. <laughs> that's good to know, right? Because because um, understanding because whoever remembered this. Maybe they checked out. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Oh, he he already preached on this. I, I already got this word." Right. Instead of being open to, there's been experiences that have happened since you preached it. We're in a different world, so that's going to influence how you present the text. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important for people. Yeah. So and so knowing, but now since we're live every week, mm-hmm. um. And we do a podcast every week. Mm-hmm. It's hard to recycle sermons <laughs> 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 because they're cataloged. <laughs> and like, um, you preached that before, like, yeah, I did, but not from this perspective. Exactly. That's that's just how you got to spend from this perspective, right? Yeah. And uh, and I mean, that's what we should do. That's what that's what we should be doing with the text anyway. Yeah, because people, even in that moment. How much do you retain? Right. Yeah. And so if I come back again with the same sermon, you're going to catch something different. Mm-hmm. Even if I preach it the same way every week, you're going to catch something different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that and that's the point of it. You getting an understanding of the scripture and allowing it to be applicable to your life and allow it to transform you mm-hmm. to be different than the way in which you came. That's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so the text is Exodus 36, 2 through 7. And we're back again with Moses. He's out here doing his thing. But can you tell us what um, what is going on in Exodus at this time? Right. Just by this time, the children of Israel, they've, they've come through captivity, the Red Sea. They've experienced all of the milestones along the way, Jesus, I mean, God proving himself to be God. Mm-hmm. And now God said, hey, I want to have a place on earth 
for my dwelling place, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, so Moses, I want you to build a temple for me. Mm-hmm. And, and now what's happening is Moses is, sorry, Moses is uh, preparing to build the temple uh, for God to have a dwelling place here on mm-hmm. earth. And that's what we see the church as dwelling place for the spirit of god um but however um that was old testament and 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 behind the veil of the temple was the ark of the covenant the glory of god the presence of god and only the holy of holies were able to go beyond that point how when jesus died on the cross the veil was ripped from top to bottom Mm -hmm. and it gave all of us access uh to the throne of grace that we don't need anyone else to stand before God on mm-hmm. our behalf because Jesus was that mediator for us and he was the one that continues to stand for us. And so now we can approach the throne of grace with boldness. Mm-hmm. And so and so now um, that's where the that's the only place where the glory of God would reside. But now God dwells in all of us mm-hmm. right through mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. And so this is what uh, but this is the purpose during this time. They were building a temple for the presence of God. And um, God has given Moses this instruction to, hey, hey, tell all the people to bring a contribution mm-hmm. for the building of the temple. And uh, we see that they bring more than enough. Yeah. Wonderful sight. Mm. A beautiful picture. Yeah. A sermon you heard before, but don't remember. Sure don't. Right. And so when they're bringing more than enough <laughs> in the text, it mentions free will offerings. Mm. What is that? What's the opposite? What are different types of offerings? I'll be honest. I know about tithes and offerings and the benevolence fund. That's what I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 but, and, and this time they had uh, the free will offering. They had the burnt offering. Uh, they had the, uh, they had like yearly offerings mm-hmm. in, in which they, they would bring, but free will was as 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 self explanatory as just there's given freely. Okay. There's no standard. There's no statute. There's no regulation. Um, just give if you're able to. Mm-hmm. And so that's what they were doing. They were giving. He asked them to give free will offerings. So don't tell them how much to give. Don't tell them what to give. Um, just allow them to give freely. And so that's what that basically is a free will. Okay. That's good. Uh, and then, so everybody's coming together. They, they're they giving. We have more than enough because the people are told to to stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and you talk about the church in the Greek is the ecclesia? Ecclesia. 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 E- e- you, I think you pronounce it ecclesia. Ecclesia, yeah. He's, he's teaching us other languages, <laughs> folks. Y'all got to start paying attention. There's going to be a Greek class. Yeah. I feel it already. It is Someone's going to be teaching Greek at Mount Zion. <laughs> no one speaks it, but we're going to know how to pronounce Facts. these words. Um, and it's it means to be people who are called out from the world and, and called to God in order to form the church, which is the body of Christ. Now, is that, I know um, in the previous podcast, we had talked, talked about the building fund and the foundation of Mount Zion and those that came together to build it. But is that how that looks in modern day or current day? Is it like pastors, bishops, ministers, priests? Like are those the no. ecclesia? The, the church 
Uh, it is all of us. Okay. Right. Um, no, no titles. Um, no positions. We are the church. When when the Bible says the church, and and you know we see it in when Jesus said, "On this rock I build my church." Mm-hmm. Um, the ecclesia. It is the gathering of people who have been called from the world mm-hmm. to form the church. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what that's what the ecclesia is. It's it's us. It's you. It's me. Um, we make the church. It's not the building. Mm. The church is the people. The building is for the church. It's not the church. We we are the church. We make up the church. And so we are, have been all called out of the world um, to create this body of believers and since God has called us all out of the world to be this body of believers, he's giving all of us unique gifts and talents and skills for such a time as this. Mm. God created you for this moment to be a blessing to the church he placed you in. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And, and and it it, it bothers me when we announce from the pulpit or in our newsletter or in an email or in a text message that we need someone to serve in this capacity mm. and people who has who have these skill sets refuse to serve <laughs> but god has given you these skill sets mm-hmm. place you at this church at this time to fulfill that responsibility Right. Mm -hmm. And so God has given you these opportunities to serve with whatever gift he has given you. And I think it's very unique. The church is unique because none of us are one body part. Right. Mm -hmm. Paul said if it was if we were all the eye, there'll be no hearing. Mm -hmm. So if we all just seeing we can't hear, we're useless. Mm -hmm. And that whenever the body is not operating in this full capacity, or when a body part is not acting like it should, it presents itself as a monster. Mm-hmm. Because if, 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 if the hand wants to be the foot, then it's deformed. The body is deformed. Right. It's mutant, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we, we don't want that. We want to present a picture of wholeness and oneness as the body of Christ Mm -hmm. and God has called us all out of the world to come together to worship praise and lift him up where we, I'm sorry, where we, (laughs) table's not big enough, (laughs) where we receive our instructions for corporate prayer, um, discipleship and where we gather together to praise the worship and lift up the name of God because private worship is fine. Mm -hmm. It's, Wonderful. We all should conduct our private prayer life, our private worship, our private Bible study. We should have that by ourselves. But we also should be intentional of corporate prayer, corporate gathering uh, for worship. Because uh, when we come together, we can do so much more together than we can do by ourselves. And so um, that's why I really open this up talking about the togetherness, the mm-hmm. uh, um, walking together, that being of one body, a being of one people, because 
we look at this um, this group of people, they were all together. They were all together, mm-hmm. and they know what they they knew what they needed, and no one waited till someone came up to them directly. Mm-hmm. You heard the announcement, bruh. Mm-hmm. We need material to build this place, but you want me to wait to come to you to ask you personally? Mm-hmm. Don't get me started, CT. I am. We'll probably revisit that later in this conversation. All right, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, CT. What's next? Um, but even kind of talking about those like relationships, and you even identify a few like with Moses and Aaron, um, Ruth and Naomi, mm-hmm. uh, Mordecai and Esther. Shadrach, Meshach, and a broke Negro. Like you, <laughs> you identify those relationships and the, and the importance of that. And I, and what's key is, at least within these examples, is that all of these people are, as far as I know, are single. I mean, Esther is married to the king, but she's moving in a different space. So maybe not all of them, but majority of them, they are single. Was that correct? Yes, I'm Omar. Um. And so thinking about how those relationships are important as a single person. So when you're married, you have your your spouse, you have their family and your family. Or if those relationships aren't good, you have you've created a family. So you have an automatic relationship that's Mm -hmm. there Uh, as a single being intentional about those relationships that you develop and who's in your who's in your circle, who's your who's in that space so um lit and then that even just looks at like not everybody's excited about roommates because you're like i want my own space i want to do my own thing uh but i live i now live with two roommates so momo owns the house mm-hmm. um and i live there and then also dr love lives there future dr love lives there and so it's great having the three of us there where we can have conversations and and fellowship and do that corporate worship corporate mm-hmm. prayer together um and so it's it's nice to have access to that outside of right. uh of of family. church and family right and and that's and that's what you see in the text they doing it they're doing it together and that's why I give them examples that God when he created us he created us to be relational beings mm-hmm. he created everything in 6 days and he said yo it is good and then mm-hmm. he see Adam working in the garden by himself. And then he said, it's not good for mm-hmm. men to be alone. Creates woman. And so he created us to be in relationship. And the devil understood that, that whenever humanity was one with God and one um, with whoever God created us to be with, he has to come in and cause disruption. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see the mentioning of the serpent until Eve come on the scene. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Adam's, he's there by himself. He's cool. Nothing of serpent. Eve comes. She completes creation. And now the serpent shows up. Mm. Right? To cause that discontentment or this uh, division. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when the church is working together, when the church is moving together, be on the lookout for some serpents. Yeah. Right. And so I think that's, and that's what was my point to start off the sermon that we're in this together. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there are no big U's little eyes or as they would say, but it is all, all of us. We're in this thing together. Yeah. 
Um, and so to kind of, since we're all in this together, you know, we must be willing to work. Uh, and we see building again. So in the previous podcast, we talked about Nehemiah building a wall. Mm-hmm. And now we have Moses needing materials to build Sanctuary. A sanctuary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was like, where is it? <laughs> right. Um, and so y- you'd say that all of the people that were were there to help build the sanctuary, they God gave them the skills to work with their hands without any formal training. And I just think about... Um, so my my biblical imagination is like how they came to understand that they knew how to use like these tools mm-hmm. and these and these skills. Was it, you know, like a kind of thinking like a like a newborn baby when they finally kind of like put food in their mouth for the first right. time or like they figured out the mechanics on how to stand? Like, was that was that these people's awakening and experience of of their new skill, was it like a awing moment, or was it like, okay, I just I'm just gonna start, and you know, God will help me figure it out. I don't know. I don't know neither. I ain't gonna try to act like I know, uh, but I'm pretty sure it was at some point they received this. Uh, what Oprah say? What she say? This aha moment. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm pretty good at this. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and so they 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 have these skills. They come from out of slavery, right? Mm-hmm. They, they've been in slavery uh, for four, over 400 years, and they come out of this, and now God is telling them to build something. And and maybe they had them skills from then because they mm-hmm. had to make stone mm-hmm. from straw and hay, right, uh, and mud. And so maybe they developed those skills in slavery, uh, but God is the one who gave them the ability to do it mm-hmm. because everyone wasn't, skillful people Mm -hmm. it was only a select few that was artisans and craftsmen um that was able to build and so if we look at it too um the people were fine with allowing the builders to build and everybody else bring resources to the Mm. builders no one was like no i want to build also yeah even though i don't have the skill Hmm. they had the skill and people trusted their skills in order to do the building of the sanctuary and so they say, hey, I can't build, but I can give, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why we, we all must be willing to work. Uh, so that's what I'm saying. We all must be willing to do what we're able to do. And so I give the thing, you know, someone you can, you might have a great smile. You need to be an usher. Mm-hmm. Or you, know, you may have a great voice to sing. You need to be in a choir. Mm-hmm. Or you have may have a great mind with numbers and your portfolio looks amazing. You can help the church with mm-hmm. the finances. Uh, and in our church, especially, we have so many professionals, so many professionals, so many professionals in in all areas of the economic system or mm-hmm. professors and lawyers and doctors, and medical doctors, mm-hmm. you, you know, we, we mm-hmm. have we have it all. And so whatever that skill set you had, you have. Yes, it's for your profession so you can make money off of. But it also should be some of it that you should be able to give to the church mm-hmm. because God has placed you here for such a time as this in this moment 
to use those skills that he gave you. Mm -hmm. Because I believe everything that we have, yes, we went to school. Yes, we've trained. Yes, mm -hmm. we've had some apprenticeships. Uh, but God gave us gave it all to us. And, it, and I live my life. If God gave it to me, I'm going to give it back to the church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's important because uh, those are our gifts, right? Mm -hmm. um, being able to use those in, in a ministry. I'm not even just saying like, signing up for a ministry before like our own ministry and for um even evangelism mm -hmm. which was part of bible study and and how we can be more intentional in the spaces that we occupy to share the good news uh you mentioned earlier which was also in the notes about um like the the body of christ and everyone's roles and responsibilities mm -hmm. and that part always um i'm not gonna say it 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 doesn't trip me up because I understand it, but it, it it irks me is probably a better a better term in that it just reflects our society so much and that we want to be as a collective. We want to be in the forefront. Mm -hmm. We want to have the f we want to have the freshest shoes. We want right. to have the, the best hair, best eyelashes, best clothes, best car, best house. And so we want to, we want to be out front. We want to, whatever is showy, right. we want. And no one wants to, to, to be another part of that. I think too of, you know, a lot of our, I'll specifically speak to, to males or male student athletes. Um, they want to be either like a rapper or <laughs> a, even some of the athletes want to be a rapper. They were, they were guys at my undergrad that wanted to be rappers. Right. They should have. Uh, they 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 aren't. Let's just say that. <laughs> and so, and others want to be like professional athletes because they they see the notoriety. They see they do get money. I'm not saying that they don't get money, right. but no one's desiring to be the person writing the check. Mm -hmm. No one's desiring to be the person who's organizing it and putting the team together. No one's desiring to be that because that's not that's not out front. Right. That's not that's not that that you know, work. And 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 I look at it. Like you saying the person writing the check, I'm like, yo, if if I can pay Deshaun Watson two hundred thirty million dollars, that means I has I I must have way more than two hundred thirty million dollars. Way more, because I'm not gonna go broke on one person. Nope. You feel me? Yeah. And I and I look at that, I was like, man, this. And then I, I been I be like, just looking like these people have a lot of money, mm -hmm. a whole lot of money. Um. These the athletes, but also the owners, mm -hmm. and then and then they're still the athletes are still being underpaid. Yep, yeah. Even though they're making hundreds of million dollars, because those who are writing the checks have so much more money than mm -hmm. that. Um, and and the, and the church, if we don't come to this realization, the church talking about the people. If we are not fine with being who God has called us to be, even if it's not the person out front, mm -hmm. we'll kill each other. Mm. And we'll let the world see that we are not connected when God has connected us through the blood of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I love bro Andy. He's great. He's going to do He's all the great. work for the church and nobody will never know. Most people probably don't even know he worked for the church. 
Mm-mm. Unless they come here through the week. Mm-hmm. So he's going to always be here. Mm-hmm. At some point, you're going to see. <laughs> he's probably here right now. <laughs> yeah, he, he was outside when I came was in. He? Um, and, and, and he, you know, we, we have, you know, Deacon Stanley like that. Mm-hmm. Great, great musician. but And he's out front, but never desired. Have you ever heard him spoke, speak in the mic? You know what I'm yeah. <laughs> On Sunday no. morning? No, unless it's time for prayer or something, because he's a deacon also. Right. But it's just that humility mm-hmm. and understanding who you are, and operating and who God has called you to be, and it helps you, the whole body, mm-hmm. right? Um, that you look at the end of this point. I say, yo, I need you to survive. Mm-hmm. All of you, the PhD, the GED, the no d- degree at all, mm-hmm. the married. The why did I get married? <laughs> the single, the yeah. divorced, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the older saints, the younger saints, the middle-aged saints, mm-hmm. uh, middle-aged saints. I need we need everybody to be a part of everybody working. Yeah, yeah, and we do. We need everybody to. We need everybody to be a part of it, and and we all must be able to give. Mm-hmm. And. Um, kind of speaking to like our our building campaign or excuse me, family life center. Let me let me claim that. Yes. Uh, what kind of I, I think people want to know what it looks like because the vision wasn't given to us; it was given to you, mm-hmm. right? And so knowing what it looks like, and we talk about giving and having more than enough. Like, what does what does that look like? What does more than enough feel like? I don't know. Okay. I never arrived to that point. Mm. And and I wish I think I do know. Um when we I came here in 2016, the church had a mortgage of $460,000. Mhm. And and in the first year, I didn't do anything towards the mortgage. Mm-hmm. Second year, we didn't do anything towards the mortgage. Um, cause I was just really trying to figure it out, figure mm-hmm. the people out. Um, I was getting a lot of pressure. People was, you know, saying when you're going to pay the mortgage off and all this. Now they've carried a million dollars since 2004. Hmm. Hmm. But then when I've come, you know, people are like, what are we doing about the mortgage? So, <laughs> so since 2004, <laughs> they've carried a million dollars and, uh, and so we didn't do anything 2016, 2017, nothing. Um, even 2018, it wasn't in 2019. I said, hey, let's make a push mm-hmm. um, to pay off the mortgage. Um, one of our members said, hey, pastor, in order for us to give people to give, somebody must give a large amount and then people must match it. Mm-hmm. This person gave $25,000. Uh, I think we raised that in like 40 days, another 25,000. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, it was it was quick. Mm-hmm. And so during that year, we raised about $100,000 mm-hmm. towards the mortgage. Um, and so at this time, at this point, I think we dropped the mortgage. So we, from 2017, um, 18, 19, we did the push going into 2020. We owed about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and so when in September, in January, I set vision and said, "Hey, we're gonna set a vision." Um, Doing the church, 
um, church anniversary, we're going to make a push by the end of the year to pay off this $150,000. Then COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so March, May's church anniversary, March, COVID happened. We closed the doors of the church and we thought, everybody thought the giving will go down. Mm-hmm. But the giving went up. Mm. And mm. so, <laughs> so since the giving went up, um, by the time we got to July, I said, hey, let's make another push to pay the mortgage off. Um, and I had been telling everybody I talked to, we want to mm-hmm. pay this mortgage off, we want to pay this mortgage off, everybody I talked to. And um, so I got a call from somebody and said, hey, I want to connect you with the church. The church want to give you all some money. Um, to pay the mortgage off, and um, and I was like, cool. But at that time, Deacon Ogden he was working our numbers to pay the mortgage off. We was gonna pay the mortgage off by October. Mm. Um, but in August, we sat, we started a campaign to give to pay off the mortgage. And again, the same members, hey, Pastor, you need another um, large donor to give somebody in the church match it. So, so this person gave $25,000 mm. and in 45 days, we raised another $50,000. So we raised $75,000 wow. in 45 days. Wow. Yeah. So that we, we kicked the campaign off in July. By the end of August, we had $75,000. And then this church, they was like, hey, we want to give you all. Uh, so when I started talking to them, at that time, we owed a hundred thousand dollars on mm-hmm. the mortgage, and um, and so they wanted to give. Um, and they say, well, um, and then I think it went down because we had took mm-hmm. all that money, and so I was like, well, we only owe like eighty thousand dollars on the mortgage. Mm-hmm. They say, well, that's all right. We're gonna give you a hundred and fifty thousand yep. dollars. <laughs> Oh boy! And so you can take what's left Ooh. and put it towards the building fund of the new building. So that's a prime example. I, I wish I would have told this on Sunday. Uh. That's the prime example of more than enough. But the more than enough came because the people had a mind to give. Yes, our church in the middle of a pandemic, everybody gave. Yes, and as we look at this story here in the text, uh, they said every morning. The people will bring their free will offering mm-hmm. every morning. They will bring a free will. It does not say how much they gave. It does not say that one person gave a large amount. It does not say a small group of people gave a large amount, but it says the people, which means everybody gave something. Yeah. Everybody gave to their ability or gave to their level of prosperity. And because everyone gave the, the people that were working on the building stopped the work, went to Moses and said, hey, the people bring more than enough. Mm. And so that is the picture of more than enough. I might need to do a post that on Facebook. I think I'm going to my office and record that right now. <laughs> I think uh, you should. To, to, so people can see what yeah. I meant about more than enough. Because by the time we got to what we needed, we had more than enough already yeah. from this outside resource giving us something that we need. 
So I think I'm about to go record that. And I'm going to brush my hair down yeah. and, and post that on our page <laughs> because that, that is a living mm-hmm. example of what I was trying to say in the sermon. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's and it's real, right? People can can feel that. They were if they weren't here during it, like if they're new members, like mm. they've heard about it. Right. And so telling that story either like kicks people into gear who who um were lived through it and then like remind and lets the new people know, Oh, hey, like this this is what Mount Zion's doing. Right. Um and then uh so for your for your third point, um, ooh, that was that was that, that was phenomenal. Yeah, that that was. Um, for your for your third point, first of all, I'm not in fourth grade math anymore. <laughs> Why did you give me a word problem? <laughs> I did. I I I will say I was very I was very thankful that I had the notes. I couldn't imagine being in the in the sanctuary without my notes being like right now all the people. <laughs> so the word problem that he gave is uh, all the people working plus all of the people giving equals more than enough. Which from the example that you just shared about uh, us paying off the mortgage and going into to the family life center, I think like, maybe that's also what more than enough is. It's like finish this and do the next. Like there's no, there's no gap. Maybe. Right. It's um, you have enough to do everything that you need to do and and over an overflow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and we, we see that in the takes all the people working that had the skill to work, all the people giving who had the resources to give, led them to a place called more than enough. Mm-hmm. They say, hey, we have more than enough. There's nothing else we can take because if you bring in too much, we can't work around all this extra stuff. So we have more than enough. Tell the people to stop giving. Yeah. And then the question was, you know, what happens when we have more volunteers than we have work? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. What happens when we get to that point where we have more than enough for the mortgage retirement that we didn't have to say nothing else about the mortgage because we had more than enough. Mm-hmm. And so it allowed us to do other things or focus on the building of the new project mm-hmm. because we had more than enough for the current building. And so we give God praise. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's We're it. in that. That's it. That's, that's all. Right. Pastor, I don't know if you have any other, uh, <laughs> Pastor's points to ponder. Ooh, I like that instead. Oh, okay. No, no anything I don't else? have anything else. Uh, I'm just um, grateful uh, and thankful um, that um, that what we're doing and what God is um, doing um, through us, that we just continue to trust in him. And we promise that he'll provide the miracle that we need to make sure this family life center come to pass. All right, thank you everyone for joining us for MTZ Overflow. Continue to check back for more episodes. And until then, stay marvelous, fabulous, and blessed. Peace. Peace.